The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. Greetings and welcome to another edition of To Homer and Back, the official podcast of Shrieking the Lawn. Uh, as hopefully you've noticed by now, I am not Pierce. Uh, this is Caroline uh, stepping in for hosting duties tonight, and I'm very, very excited um, with us. We do have a special guest, um, but I'll introduce my coworker, Matt, first. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. It's two weeks till basketball season, and UVA is going to beat Louisville on Saturday. So things are looking up exciting times um and we are very excited to have jeff fischel from the acc digital network join us joining us this evening jeff how are you i'm great i I am very excited i have never streaked the lawn before so uh (laughs) this is a a, a momentous occasion for me absolutely and this counts so you can count you and put this on the on the resume now Fool people. It's best for everyone that this is as close as it comes. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff, we'll start today was Operation Basketball, also known as ACC Media Day. Um, you were down there in Charlotte. How how good is the ACC really going to be this year? Like, is this the year that they hit that 10 or 11 teams in the NCAA tournament that they talk about, like, being similar to the Big East those few years ago? So here's the way I look at it. There, there are times on occasion when – uh, even I or the ACC Digital Network, uh, I, I'm prone to hyperbole. I try to keep it to a minimum. Uh, I, I realize I, I can be rather myopic. My view of the world is the ACC. And so I try to remember that in most cases. I think this is really a case where it's warranted. I try to look around the outside, what the outside world is saying as well. And I think it would be fair to say that when I look around the ACC, there are 12 teams who I think – if you put them in any other conference, you'd say that is an NCAA tournament team. I don't know how many ultimately the ACC gets in. There are injuries and everything else, but it's that good of a conference. Uh, Mike Ray and others who were in the Big East uh, said it. He, it reminds him of those years when they were getting 9, 10, 11 teams in. I think that's uh, truly, and again, I'm trying to be cautious about this. Normally I would be in this case. I think the conference is that good this year. Um, and what is one of those, like, how do you see the middle shaking out? Like a team, there was some talk back and forth about the NC States of the, of the conference and Florida State and Virginia Tech. Like, how do you kind of navigate that middle territory of the ACC? Oh, Caroline, I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, um, it, was, it was interesting. I, I looked at the voting today from the, the press to see if they were picking up on anything I wasn't, if I was missing something. And I looked at the preseason standings, and it was kind of what I expected, where you had Duke, Carolina, Virginia, Louisville, Syracuse, one through five. And you could look at the vote totals. You say, yep, everyone seems to be on the same page there. And then you get six through 12, 
and I don't think anyone really has a good idea. It's uh, it's a sign of how good the conference is because I think everyone would say, look at those teams. Yeah, those teams could be NCAA tournament teams. I, I don't know uh, which one of those teams is better than the other. I truly have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I think you can go case by case. Say, well, Clemson, they, they have one of the best players in the conference returning back in Jerome Blossom game. Virginia Tech, I don't see any NBA players, but – I look how good they were last year. Yeah. There's Florida State, all the talent in the world. Does it come together? NC State has possibly the number one pick in the NBA draft next year yeah. as their new point guard. So you can look at each team and say, wow, they, they have something going for them that, that could be special. I, I don't know how you differentiate them. And Matt, what do you think, like, who's going to be your dark horse for the season? I, I, it pains me to say this. Um, but <laughs> I know. I, I, know. I, I, I think it's going to be Virginia Tech. I, I, I agree that there's, there's, no, there's no player that scares me on that team, but it just strikes me as like Buzz Williams finally has his identity um, there and that they're a team that just grinds things out. I think they're going to be good at home like they were last year when they managed to, to upset UVA down there. Um, they strike me as a team that ends up like sixth in the ACC, which this year would, would certainly be good enough for a, a, a tournament berth. I, I think they're, I think they do surprisingly well. I think Carolina does surprisingly poorly. Really? Uh, I, I, I'm not saying they're going to miss the tournament or anything like that, but I, I think Carolina is not in contention for the ACC regular season crown this year. I think they've lost a lot more than, than people are, are thinking. Um, so th- those are my riser and fall of this year. All right. Jeff, do you think that? Yeah, Matt, I- oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Matt. I, I talked to Roy Williams about it today. I think he, I think he certainly feels like uh, the talent is there. But I think to your point, there, there's more unknown. He senses there's more unknown with this team than people realize, considering how much talent is returning. Because when you lose your two best players, and UVA can certainly relate to this, sure, sure. Uh, the team changes. The team changes dramatically. Uh, so regardless of the fact that you have six guys returning and a freshman class going back. Roy is very aware that he lost his two best players. And you're right, that changes the team dramatically. And yes, it could impact this team going into February and March as well. So I think I think I think Carolina's one of the best teams in the ACC, but to your point, I, I think there there certainly is reason to be cautious about what the Tar Heels accomplish. Yeah. I, I just don't see a guy on their roster to hit double clutch forty footers with five seconds left in the national title game. <laughs> That's true. Um, do you think that obviously, I mean, well, losing a guy like Theo Pinson for any amount of time is going to be tough for them. Um, Jeff, what do you think when it comes to, obviously the ACC all has to play each other. So you run into the, they're going to beat each other up type thing. Um, does this kind of preseason hype and excitement around the conference kind of lessen the impact that beating up on each other can have? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, how do we end up with 10, teams in the NCAA tournament if everyone's going to start beating each other. Yeah, right. Uh, It's going to come down to the crazy part is I'm one to kind of to ignore what happens in November, but ultimately that's where you end up kind of building that case for your conference is by winning those non-conference games. And and again, like I said, I'm like, for me, for the most part, I tend to throw November out the door. Like, I'm like, that's the first couple of weeks everybody's figuring out what they are, who they are. But in this case, and for the conference to get 10 bids in, let's say they do, they are going to have to perform early on and impress everybody early on. Um, did you get to spend much time or any time with London and Isaiah today? And what's, uh, what was your favorite? I saw some of the things that 
um, you guys had set up with, you know, doing bacon, eating bacon was probably my favorite. Um, but like being boozled, like what's your favorite part of media day and kind of getting to interact with coaches and players in a setting like that? Yes. So, uh, so we have every team come by through our room, the ACCDN room, and, and there's a, kind of a variety of different ways it can go. And I think in general, over the years, we've kind of carved down a niche for ourselves for having fun, doing something that the players walk out of there and say, ah, oh, that was, you know, that broke up the monotony of trying to answer basketball questions for eight hours and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uniquely, Virginia gave us the opportunity to be very serious. Uh, so while we did talk a little basketball, we ended up talking about uh, what they've kind of how they've delivered messages beyond basketball. And, uh, you know, recently what, what they're, what they've shared uh, with social media about social justice, uh, London and Isaiah are very well spoken. They're the kinds of players you'd want to have that conversation with. And they were very open to having that conversation. So I think ultimately, I think I want to say we got, we did publish that piece later this afternoon on the acc.com. I think it's a, it's a really interesting conversation they were willing to have. And again, most of the time, yes, we are a room where people are going to come in and hopefully have some fun. Uh, this was a unique case where players, we asked players if they were comfortable hitting on a difficult topic. Mm -hmm. They were more than willing to, to say yes. And it ended up being a pretty cool insight into two guys that we don't normally get. And I know Virginia fans are, are very familiar with uh, that story over the last few weeks. But for us to share that story more broadly with ACC fans and perhaps with others around the country who might not have caught on to it as much, I think it was a good opportunity. And they were, they were awesome about it. But then when Tony came by in the afternoon, we asked Tony about it, and he kind of shared his perspective on it and, mm -hmm. and how he became very comfortable with what they did and how they handled it. So, uh, again, most of the time it's hoops. Most of the time, it's trying to have some fun, like being boozled with some yeah. some schools, and they did all that. You, we, the way we, the way you know, and I, it's totally like the, you got these extremes, right? Uh, yeah. Like this is what the ACC Digital Network and the ACC does when you come through media days. So in our room, like in this case, London and Isaiah talked about that stuff, and, it, and again, it was an incredibly interesting conversation. Then right outside our door, we had like our social team set up, and yeah, they were doing silly things, being boozled and. I can't even remember some of the other silly questions they were asking. So there, there's, there you go. There's both extremes that, that you get from us uh, from day to day. But we hope, we truly hope that Virginia, what we did, the conversation we had, does find some audience that, that can find out more about these guys. It was really pretty cool. That's awesome. I think it's, it's been interesting hearing more about it because so often some of these things get put out there just on social media and then there's not much follow-up or you don't really know. And I like what Coach Bennett and the guys have done with regards to following up with action and meeting with leaders in the Charlottesville community and really following up on, you know, something that was possibly a controversial topic. And I think that they've handled themselves very maturely and very well and represent the university well, which is obviously what that school wants at the end of the day. And by the same time, you know, they getting their voice out there and, and trying to make an impact on something. Um, but yeah, I always enjoy watching that bacon eating bacon thing was probably <laughs> just, just I just, I you just know, talked up about that. It's, it's funny when we do do those kinds of things, we don't really ever know how it's going to go over. Right. So we're like, Hey, Dwayne, we had this thought, right. And we just don't know. <laughs> You don't know. He might look at us like, oh, you guys. Yeah, someone really, like slides but a plate case, of bacon away. Like, never mind, guys. Yeah. Wave, off bacon. wave off on the bacon. Right. So like I asked, I asked Jim Beheim today, I, I said, so what if I asked you, like, what would you think if I tried to get you to talk about the, since you have this interesting relationship with the, the media, 
would you be willing to talk about like the questions you've hated the most when you've been <laughs> at press conferences? And, and so like, right there are these moments like this where you're like, Oh, I don't know what, the, what he's going to say. Yeah. He said, yeah, sure. He'll play along. So he did it. So, right. So, <laughs> and I guess that comes with doing this enough over the years. There's some trust, I hope with what we do. Yeah. And so that we can get away with some of that. Uh, I think one of the other kind of delicate moments today was navigating uh, Sheldon Jeter was here, one of the players from Pitt. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started his career at Vanderbilt. Kevin Stallings was his coach at Vanderbilt. Yep. And uh, Jeter transferred. And it wasn't the smoothest of transfers. And right. so now Stallings is his coach again. So <laughs> how comfortable were they both having that conversation? And again, that was a case where uh, they we kind of, you know, delicately walked our way into it because we're not while we are, I, I consider myself to have been a journalist for a long time. I'm also aware that I'm representing the conference. And so there are times where I can't necessarily, I have to handle it a slightly differently. And so starting that conversation was, uh, was, I was cautious, but eventually they were both comfortable enough to start answering questions about it. So, you know, that's how the day goes. You try to have some fun stuff. You try to do some stuff that hopefully eventually people find interesting. And yes, that includes anything from eating bacon. Emil <laughs> Jefferson, uh, what Emil Jefferson, we just started talking to, we've, cause we've talked to him about food. I don't know how many times Emil Jefferson, you just got get him talking about food. And he'll go. And today it was Philly <laughs> cheesesteak, the Philly guy. He talked about exactly what has to be on a Philly cheesesteak and where he has to, he won't eat a Philly cheesesteak anywhere else, but Philly, cause that's his hometown. So, uh, awesome. you know, you get stuff like that. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, we try to make it fun, try to make it at least a little memorable. Again, if guys, they're talking about basketball all day. So we try to pull them out of that a little bit. It's going to be weird watching Pitt this year and not seeing Jamie Dixon's slicked back hair and thick pinstripe suits. Uh, it's going to be, no, a uh, yeah, going from, yeah, from slick back hair to no hair, but, exactly. uh, <laughs> but, uh, we, we talked to him. Awesome. Mike Young was awesome. He was great today. Yeah. Mike, I had not talked to Mike Young for any extended period of time. He was great today. I think that we did. There's another kind of fun on the fun side. We just had him, we had him become our urban dictionary and, uh, and he was great at it. it was, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I don't, it was, it was a good stuff. So we talked a bit earlier about UNC losing some guys. Unfortunately, uh, Malcolm Brogdon and Anthony Gill ran out of eligibility too. Couldn't get that sixth and seventh year for UVA to just keep going. For (laughs) for UVA fans, what do you think is important from your perspective, a little bit more of a a neutral perspective than Caroline and I, um, (laughs) in terms of what the team might need to do to be able to to overcome losing two guys like that, in addition to, to other pieces of the rotation? Yeah, so I'm really fat, going to be fascinated by a couple things. Like, London started hunting his shots a little more last year. How much more is he going to be comfortable doing that? He's such a, he's such a point guard in the classic sense. Uh, is he really going to be a guy who's going to go for 15 points a game? I don't know. So that, he's going to have to strike that balance pretty well. Uh, I haven't seen enough of Austin Nichols to know what kind of impact he's going to be able to make in the ACC. Is he at that level? Uh, and then, of course – which of the guys that were kind of role players last year have become more reliable this year? Uh, maybe you both have a sense of someone who's developed in the off season and now is ready to assume that role of score. Is there someone who stands out to you? Ooh, um, that's a great, I was at the scrimmage on Sunday um, and both Devin Hall. Well, I won't say both Dar- Devin Hall, Darius Thompson, and Myriel Shayok all looked really good. They look in the best shape that I've seen them. Um, Mariel's perfected that floating runner that used to give me anxiety. 
um, probably will <laughs> still give me anxiety. Um, Devin had a couple nice shots. Darius Thompson had a couple nice shots. And I think that it might be a um, replacement by committee as far as the Malcolm Brogdon piece goes. Um, defense will be interesting um, as we all immediately go back to defense. But Ken Palm uh, has Virginia at number one to start the year, which I think is fascinating. Losing a guy like uh, Malcolm on the perimeter is obviously a huge hit because you can point out several games. Duke last year when he shut down, well, shut down is a loose term when it comes to, uh, um, oh my gosh, I can see his face, but I can't remember his name, of course. Grayson Allen. Uh, not Grayson. Grayson he Allen, switched Brandon down Ingram. to Brandon Ingram in the second half and really quieted Ingram down in that game. And then you're looking at what he did on Andrew, can't pronounce his last name, for Butler. Um, there are several games in which you know, Malcolm literally played defense to end the game or force overtime against Cal. Um, but I think we've got some of those long guys like Mariel and, and Thompson. But uh, in, t- in the interior defense, I think that's going to be stronger um, with, with Diakite coming off the bench, Austin Nichols. Isaiah looked outstanding on Sunday, like just – energetic and quick and his shots were good he was hitting the long the longer stretch four type shots which I think we'll need him to play a little bit of but um I don't know I think I'm with I'm with you Jeff I think it'll be very interesting to see that non-conference especially since there's a lot of really good matchups that that again coach Bennett has scheduled a really good non-conference to kind of test the team and see where they're going to be um and they'll need it with this ACC schedule especially a couple stretches in late February do so you think Diakite can give some solid minutes? I, I have no sense of, of, of how much he can really contribute, but so I'm going to, I'm going to go trust you here. He, he's really <laughs> a guy that can give him some solid minutes. I do. I think he will have to. Um, he's still thin. Obviously he's, he's not quite as bulky as some of the guys they've had previously, but that kid is springy. Um, he had a couple really, really good blocks on the likes of Jack Salt, who is probably the best built person on the team. Like when it comes to right. um, physicality and physique and height, Um, he had a, he had some nice shots. I'll be interested to see how his offense develops, but defensively, I think that him, especially you'd have to mix and match him with someone like he'd have to have like a Nichols or a salt in with him. Um, I think if it's Isaiah and Diakite, that there's a weird balance there. Um, it's going to kind of have to do what they did last time where they have with, with Toby last year where you couldn't have Toby and Gil really in at the same time because defensively it just wasn't you'd have the good offense there, but not as great a defense. Um, so I think he will have to give some good minutes. And it also depends what they decide to do with Huff. If they, cause he also looked really good again, but just hasn't really filled into his frame because he's a true freshman. He's six eleven, like 145 pounds. He should, he should <laughs> I'm on the, I think I'm on the team Huff redshirt. Um, but he, his shot is so nice and he was hit. He like, he could hit three pointers. Like he, he stretches everything out and, I, I'm really fascinated to see how the big men turn out because I think you, you go Nichols and, and Wilkins easily as you're starting too. But what do you who do you bring in first? Is that Diakite or do you go for a big guy like Salt? And he got a lot of he got a lot of flack last year for being a foul machine and some travels and that kind of stuff. So what do you you know Reuter? Do you go to Reuter? He's got a little bit of experience now. I don't know. I think we'll be back towards. Do Guy or Hunter look ready to go? One of the freshmen. Um, Yes, and see that you're taking now. Look, you know, you're like yeah. you're, you're revert, reverting into host mode, but this is good. Um, I was going <laughs> to say, what newcomer you're most excited to see? Guy looked great. Um, as with most of the first years, the biggest issue for them is going to be defense. So whether they get playing time based on how well they're grasping the defense, 
Um, I thought Ty Jerome looked really good defensively, maybe a little bit slow because of recovering from the hip surgeries. Um, But Guy, he's good. Like, I forgot that he's first year several times. Um, And Hunter had a little bit of a rough – not rough, that's not really fair – um, you can tell all the potentials there. He had recently tweaked an ankle and was still nursing that. So he didn't play a ton. Um, but you look at these guys and the talent is the ceiling is so high for those kids. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but I guess, uh, what is your Jeff and I'll, Jeff and, and Matt, what do you, what are your top five for the ACC and who do you have in last? Are you going to put Georgia tech or Boston college in last for the ACC? Where are you, where do you think it's going to shake up? Are those the only two choices for last? No, you can pick someone else if you want. Yeah. Matt, why don't you go first? Uh, I, I, I hate it cause I live in Durham. Um, but I think, <laughs> I think Duke is going to win the ACC. Um, I think that team is just loaded. Um, I'll go with Duke, uh, then Syracuse, uh, UVA and UNC as my top four. Okay. Um, and I, I need to see Boston College win a game in the past 12 months before I pick them to go anywhere other than last. I, I do think – I think they get two ACC wins this year. Um, but, but, you know, market improvement. Um, but I, I don't think I can pick anyone other than them to come in in the cellar. All right, Jeff. Or your top four? Uh, I would say setting the over under at two is pretty strong. Uh, <laughs> so, but uh, uh, but uh, top, I'm going to be kind of uh, well, pretty predictable on this. I, I, despite your questions about Carolina, I still like Duke one, Carolina two, uh, Virginia three, and then Louisville or Syracuse. I'm still sorting that out. Uh, I think those are for me. For me, those are the top five. Uh, and then yeah, BC. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I need to see it first. Uh, I know they have some younger athletic players that perhaps can can hold their own in the ACC a little more, but uh, I've got to see it first. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and then, so let's, oh, man, I hate saying this because I love basketball so much. How about we transition to some UVA football? Yay. Um, so it's been a rough couple weeks since we, we all talked to you last, um, with a couple losses, um, to Pitt and UNC, um, really easy task this week though, which is nice. Uh, just, you know, Louisville coming to town on Saturday. Is there anything that Virginia can do to win this game? Jeff, do you think? Mm. <laughs> Let me, what, think, what they, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Yeah, I suppose there could be some. There could be like a lightning storm that would prevent the game from being played. <laughs> and, uh, it's uh, it's not happening. I mean, uh, it's 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 not happening. Uh, Louisville is just great everywhere, and and as much as I respect uh, the improvement I've seen from UVA, it's I guess cling to the to the fact that two years ago it was a victory uh but yeah not happening on saturday yeah i'm Um, sorry i could give a longer more in-depth answer but i think i I mean that pretty much sums it up short of lamar jackson forgetting to get on the plane i think um yeah it's gonna be a little tough i think it's matt do you think we beat the under or the spread so the spread started at 27 and a half and i didn't think we cover that it's up to 33 now, oh, which I think no. is a little, it's, it's, gonna get, which I, 
I honestly think this is the highest spread I've ever seen for a UVA game. Even, even two or three years ago when we had Oregon with Mariota at home and lost by 45, I think the spread was only like 28. Um, so this is going to be an, an epic beatdown. Um, I, I don't. I, I feel like this game ends up being like 51 to 14. And by that, I mean it's, it's 51 nothing at the half, and they take Lamar Jackson out because he already has his Heisman numbers. Uh, I, I think this gets ugly. Uh, fast, yeah. But thankfully, it's on national television, so that's good. Yeah, luckily everyone can see it, so that's fun for everyone. Um, I mean, I th- I will say, I guess is I'll offer some sense semblance of optimism. I mean, Duke played a great game against against Louisville, and I think that was unexpected from from my side. So maybe if they just watch that game tape and get a few different refs that don't call a few of the things that they did, uh, they have a chance. But um, there's obviously been some struggles in the past two games with Kurt Benkert, the chosen one. Um, is he still the guy in your eyes? And then how do you feel about seeing Connor Brewer in the game at the end against UNC instead of Matt Johns, who had the only, at that point, touchdown pass in the game and the only one of the game? Um, Jeff, do you think that Kurt is the guy or do you think that they need to try something else out? Uh, I, I would I would stay the course personally. Uh, I, I think that there's been enough there from Benkert and you still have him for another year and I I think that this is part of a larger process I would have a hard time uh, pulling the plug on that Um, but I understand the um, I understand getting fidgety I I get it right Uh, you want people want to see the improvement people want to see measurable uh, signs that the program's headed in the right direction. Generally speaking, that is W's and this is, but I just think I, I, I would imagine my guess is Bronco back in August probably had some expectations about how this season would go. And he's not going to get caught up in, in what happened over the course of a, a series here, a game there. I think mm-hmm. he probably knows how this season needs to go and how it was, how it's going to go and, and can just try to build on the things that were, that they do. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Matt, you're, you've been on the Kurt Benkert for Heisman 2017 train. 20, 2017, <laughs> 2017 next year. You needed some seasoning, uh, but, but no, I, I, I agree completely. I don't, you know, it, it's, we're not going bowling this year. Um, I, hey, I don't It's not statistically impossible yet. Give it, a, give it a minute. Um, <laughs> I don't know that it, it makes sense to switch to, to either two guys who have no eligibility left beyond this year. And until Saturday, I didn't think the offense was the problem. I mean, we'd put up 30-plus in, in three yeah. straight games, and, you know, it's, it's not right. it's fault that Pitt dropped 45. Um, so Saturday was a, was a terrible showing for everyone offensively, um, but I, I don't see really any rationale behind switching him out for uh, maybe a, a short-term game that, that probably won't even be any better. Yeah, and I don't think that they'll actually switch. And especially, I think it was disappointing to see that happen against a defense that was, has been as poor as UNC's has this season. But um, there is a stretch coming up of Wake, Miami, Georgia Tech before the big showdown against Virginia Tech, in which we hope not to make it 13 straight. Um, do you think that there's an opportunity there to pick up a couple wins, maybe get some end-of-season momentum or confidence or even – finish on a four game win streak, you know, if you're me and you're optimistic, uh, do you think that there's a chance to pick up some, some optimism or confidence down that stretch? Yeah. I, I think we get one more win. Um, it's 
probably Wake. It's it's maybe Georgia Tech or Miami seems to be in a, a free for uh, free spiral right now. Um, so maybe that continues. Um, but I, I think we get one more. I don't think it's Virginia Tech. I don't think it's Louisville. Um, <laughs> shockingly, um, but yeah, I, I don't think I don't think this ends on like a, a miraculous winning streak that we somehow carry the momentum over ten months later into next year. <laughs> Jeff, what do you think? You've seen a lot of a lot uh, of ACC football this year, right? So, uh, unfortunately, the timing of this is just not good. It, we'll, we'll move past Louisville, but yeah. now you have Wake Forest that's actually playing well. Uh, that they seem to be reckoned with in the ACC that probably becomes bowl eligible this Saturday. Uh, Miami, Miami, yes. Do I think Virginia's got a chance there? Yeah, I don't think Miami's all that is clearly shown that there are flaws. The good thing is, while I'm sure there are many Canes fans who are just shocked by the last three weeks, uh, Mark Rick was very uh, measured in his optimism this summer. I, I think he knew that there was a, still a, a build to do to get back to what they expect. Uh, Georgia Tech, I think, is flawed, uh, enough so that there's that's where I could see a win. Uh, I, I actually would say, if I had to guess, I would say that's the game that's perhaps Virginia's best opening. I, I just, I, I, that Yellow Jackets program seems to be stuck in neutral. And, and I, I think Bronco can certainly have them ready for that, that offense in a week. So uh, I, I would say the, the game in Atlanta is, is the best opportunity for a win looking at it right now. Interesting. So you, you'd say Georgia Tech over Wake? I, I, I would. I, I'm, I, I've just watched, I don't know that I've watched more than anybody else, but I feel <laughs> like at least, uh, I, I, I really am curious about how Georgia Tech takes some steps forward with its football program. I think with the way the rest of that Coastal Division is getting better, I think Georgia Tech is, is going to have to, you know, with a new athletic director, make uh, play some play some catch-up to make a commitment with its football program as well. And I think we're seeing it on the field. Last year was a rough year. Yeah, it was probably an anomaly, but I don't think it was an anomaly for any more Coastal Division titles until they really step up as, as, a, as a program and, you know, invest in it. I think, I think Georgia Tech right now feels like a six and six kind of team. And I think Virginia can beat a six and six team on, a, on any given day. God, I would, I would love for us to be a six and six team. Yeah. Man, yeah. Our, <laughs> our, our like, not expectations, but our threshold for being like, that would be awesome is, is pretty, uh, pretty low at this point uh yeah bowl game would be like what do you mean we're bowl eligible like that's ready to put a statue out front of bronco um so but, what's the time frame for you guys to expect a bowl game then it, like wake forest it's a year three for dave clausen he's he looks like he'll be headed to a bowl game what's the, what what are you hoping is is it year two is it next year i think it's next year i i honestly do and maybe that's again the optimism part but i think that uh the non-conference continues to get a little bit more manageable if I remember correctly um which was the biggest not the biggest thing that Mike London had going against him obviously but um it, didn't it, definitely, did, it definitely didn't make it easy like when and even this no. time around like obviously Oregon's not as good as they have been and bringing in an in-state you know top five FCS team I always get that wrong that's right right um like Richmond played pretty much a perfect game and we played nothing anywhere near that and Richmond is a good team and to get off to a start that way and then not being able to convert at UConn and like there were right. games that were possible there but the stuff that some of the games that what was it 
two years ago or last year or whatever where at UCLA, Notre Dame, Boise State, like there was no there was no break. And I think that that just continued for year after year where they were optimistic about where the program would be when they scheduled these games. And we went the other direction and just got embarrassed by, I saw us lose to USC by 40 something. And when Sanchez was there and I saw us, I was at that game where they lost to Mariota and Oregon. Like (laughs) it's just demoralizing, (laughs) but I will say this, and I've said this, like, like, look, okay, what happened in September is in the past, but I, I mean, look, I've watched how all these teams have grown and changed. I mean, look, if they played Richmond next week, if they played UConn next week, I, I would pick Virginia. You yeah, know, it was, agreed. it was not a pretty start to the season, but uh, you know, I think you start you, you, at this point, they're playing these games. I think they win both of them and they're four and two and, I, they're still just as good as they were, but they are now, but it just feels yeah. a lot better. Exactly. Yeah, that's – and I think most people, most rational fans, I would say, would are happy with the progression of um, seeing development. Like, you want to see the offense get better. You want to see the defense get better, and I think that's happening. Um, you can kind of see where some of the – really, we, there haven't been many stupid mistakes, which is what a lot of people get – really got really angry about with with Mike London the, you know too many men on the field and the false starts and that kind of stuff and those have you know decreased if not fully gone away so that's nice but um I think it is time for everyone's favorite segment defend yourself so um I'm gonna go guest first so Jeff this is something we do um changing up a little bit I'm gonna give you an either or and you have to defend your answer um so if you had to choose Rick Pitino as your personal stylist or Jim Beheim as your PR representative, which would you choose? Defend yourself. Rick Pitino as my personal stylist Mm -hmm. or Jim Beheim as my PR rep. Well, I, uh, that is, this is a fine question. (laughs) I happen to, I happen to enjoy someone who's willing to go big and bold. So, for me, of those two options, the, the possibility of one day walking out onto the set to do ACC Live, something like that, wearing a white suit, I think that's a rather appealing. I'd be willing to go for that. So for me, I, I'm, I'm going to talk to Patino's personal stylist and say, what can you do for me uh, to really liven things up on the ACC Digital Network? That, that, of those two options, that's what, the way I'm going. There we go. I like it. I like it. I'll accept it. Um, and Matt, we're coming up on Halloween. You have to go as an ACC basketball head coach, but you cannot choose Tony Bennett. Who are you for Halloween? Defend yourself. I basically already look like Josh Passner, um, <laughs> 10 years older. Um, so <laughs> I'll, I'll go with that. I think I don't know who the most fun would be either. Probably Mike Briggs. I can just put on a, a mock turtleneck and a jacket and, and be done with it. Um, yeah. So, so one of those two, I think would be strong opinions. So you're going the easy way out. I see. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not going to dress up like bunny Colvin or anything like that. <laughs> amazing um, it is so, true though josh pastner looks remarkable i mean he, he it's remarkable how much he like looks just like a couple years older than my 10 year old son it is, <laughs> it is uh, he, he is he is youthful yes it's i mean can't hate him for it you know 
Um, so oh. last thing, Jeff, we chatted previously before about Stranger Things. So I have to know, are there any mm. good shows that you've been watching that we need to get into that you would recommend for the streaking the lawn contingency? Oh, okay. So this is a great question. And this falls into the ACC footprint. Uh, so you can notch that one off on your bingo card footprint has been mentioned Perfect. in the podcast. <laughs> um, so I really enjoy Atlanta on FX. I would encourage people to to dive into that one. Uh, Childish Gambino, otherwise known as Donald Glover, does a great job. It's funny. It's it's a great insight into a city that uh, is a home to one of the ACC institutions. So uh, yeah, I end up watching that one on the on the FX website every every week, basically. So check check that out. That's my recommendation, Atlanta. All right, um, and he's also now. Uh, um Lando Calrissian too. Did you see that? That's, in the new that's right. Great call. He's the yeah. Yeah, He's Lando. I'm very excited about that. All right. The last one for each of you. Um, Louisville over or under 60 points. Matt. Uh, under 59. <laughs> Jeff, over or under 60 points for Louisville. Oh, I don't want it to get to the 60s. That just doesn't make anyone feel good. That kind of gets kind of ugly at that point. So I've got to root for the under. I, I don't want that to happen. All right. Excellent. Well, that's all we've got for today. Thank you, Jeff, very much for coming on and joining us. You're welcome anytime. Um, and uh, any parting words, Jeff? Uh, parting words. Oh, I can tell you uh, last thing. I'll, I'll, I'll end here. We did have one idea for today for Media Day, which we didn't do. Mm-hmm. With UVA, we had this idea for like a, a quiz show where Isaiah and London were going to sit there, and we didn't have time for this. And I'm not even sure it was a great idea. And you guys can say, "Wow, that was a really bad idea." If you want, <laughs> we were going to have these questions where basically all of the answers were going to be. We were going to ask Isaiah the questions, and London was going to sit there. And basically, the questions, the answers were always going to be London. We were going to be like, "What bridge is always falling down?" Something like that. <laughs> and, and we were going to see if Isaiah could put the pieces together and realize we were we were asking these questions where the answer was London. Um, and I don't know if it would have been funny or not, but, uh, but th- that was, that was a piece that we were just ran out of time and didn't get to do it. I love it. I would have laughed. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. Um, and this wraps up uh, this week's edition of two Homer and back. Make sure you watch the game on Saturday. Uh, if you have nothing else better to do and that's it. Have a great night. Go who's. iPhone 10R is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone 10R on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. The all-new Toyota RAV4 asks, what if? What if your ride was refined and rugged at the same time? 
Introducing a car that's got style and substance to spare. The all-new RAV4 Limited, featuring a sophisticated, muscular new exterior and available options like a premium JBL audio system and panoramic roof. The all-new RAV4 Limited. Toyota, let's go places. JBL and Clarifier, registered trademarks of Harman International Industries Incorporated.